Welcome to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Tyler Orton. I'm Haley Wooden. And this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Today we are joined by our uh, favorite frequent guest, one Patrick Blunner-Hassett, our colleague here at Business in Vancouver. Patrick, thanks for joining us on the show once again. Thanks for having me. Am I the favorite or the only guest? Uh, Does that make me the favorite? Why well, don't we go with favorite and yeah. just leave it at that? I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take, take it. it. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. I'm taking it. <laughs> You know, it's uh, convenient for you to come in, so we like having you in, and yeah, yeah. Uh, we can continue this for as long as you feel we're not picking on you uh, unnecessarily. A couple years, maybe? Okay. 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 Well, right, yeah. Why don't we talk a little bit about what's uh, catching our eyes in business news uh, coming off the long weekend. Haley, let's, uh, let's go to you. Yeah. So Alibaba had its massive one-day online promotional sales called Singles Day. I'm curious when both of you first heard of Singles Day? Because I only heard of it maybe a year or so ago. I think I've been hearing about it at least two or three years. Okay. So it's, yeah, it, a couple it, of years ago. Yeah. Gaining traction. Although, I mean, Alibaba is not really aimed at these consumer markets here in no. North America. So it's mostly just for us to gaze in awe just at the sheer numbers of yeah. like, currency spent. Yeah, the numbers are staggering. So it, as I said, a 24-hour period of a lot of sales. This year, it broke all records and raised more than $25 billion in revenue over that one-day period. That is a spike of 39% in sales year over year. And if you compare it to some of our shopping holidays here in North America, specifically in the States, if you combine all online spending from Thanksgiving Black Friday and Cyber Monday, this one singles day nearly triples the amount of spending. So it's wow. massive, massive. How long before every day is some type of promotional day on Amazon and, well, and Alibaba? I, I'm always, yeah. do, do you guys ever look at the, I did back in the 2000s, but I'd look at the Best Buy like flyer and just be like, oh, what's on sale? And every single week there's like, we are having our special Arbor Day sale, like <laughs> Arbor Day. You know, so that there, I I think we're getting that to go over to kind of online shopping now. Like, there's always going to be like a reason for there, a sale to go on. But I think very importantly for us here in North America, we we've got you mentioned it, Haley, the Cyber Monday, Black Friday, and for mm-hmm. us Canadians, Boxing Day as well. How do you guys really approach those? Are are you guys in shopping mode during those particular days? I So for me, the trend I've noticed too is these days have turned into weeks. So you have Black Friday, which now is extended to Cyber Monday. Boxing Day for a lot of brands and retailers tends to be a week of sales. So yeah, They're I, calling it Boxing Week. Now. Yeah, uh, boxing which week. it sort of makes sense too. I mean, I, I don't have it in me necessarily on December 26th to brave physical stores, shopping <laughs> online maybe. But, you yeah. know, give it a day or two and you go and it's died down a little bit. You still have the sales. That's sort of being my approach. I don't know. What about you, Patrick? I'm never in shopping mode. I don't know. Yeah. Like a couple of days before Christmas, I'll go out. Our family is good. We do the secret Santa where you get one other person and you have a $20 limit and it has to be funny. And that's it for Christmas because we're a very sort of, I don't want to say unreligious household, but uh, there's definitely a few atheists in our household. Sure. So I kind of like that. Well, we, we started doing something similar in the last few years in our family. We've got a big family that all gets together around Christmas time. So it's like, do we, do we really have to buy like like 15 people, like $100 gifts? It's like going to put us in the poorhouse. Yeah. So it's like uh, we've done this thing where it's like you have to buy one person something worth, I don't know, uh, $130. My, my sister's figured out all these exact numbers. And then like <laughs> you have to buy one other person something worth like 
$48. And then a third person, you go to a thrift shop and like you said, get them like a joke present, Patrick's. And I like this way more as an adult. If I was a kid, I I definitely want all the presents. But when you get older, you don't really care that much, you know, and I'm sure the childlike Tyler would have hated to hear (laughs) that I, I didn't really care about that many Christmas presents. But if I really want something, I guess I'm looking for sales for myself on like, say, Black yeah. Friday or, or Cyber Monday or, or Boxing Week. Yeah. I think it's it's fascinating. I always go dark and depressing with the macro <laughs> trends here. But I always remember having spent some time in Asia, Japan and China and South Korea. Um, I don't know if people know this, but Singles Day is really preying on a massive demographic over there. And it's preying on a very specific demographic, which is sort of undereducated, not undereducated, underemployed younger men who can't find partners and are alone and they're not wealthy enough to attract wives and have kids. And this singles day is supposed to be the response to Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, treat yourself. And treat yourself. If you go over to things like Valentine's Day and you go to a place like India, Valentine's Day incites riots and sort of uh, people getting beat up for public displays of affection. And then you come over to Wait, Singles what? Day. No, it's it's totally serious. Okay. So it's, uh, I was actually, not aware. Yeah, the, the Hindu faith actually kind of revolts against this because it's sort of a faux pas to sort of show a public display of affection. Huh. So they see Valentine's Day as sort of this westernized, bastardized holiday. And then you get over to Asia where you have Singles Day, which is like the complete opposite where they're trying to pander to all the single people. And India has this glut of men. Anyways, I'm going to wrap up my depressing macro (laughs) thing here. But I think the context with all this stuff is kind of interesting is how these things are created. But they can have, you know, uh, you look at the people that get hurt on the Black Friday stampedes Mm. and the mass hysteria that's created in Boxing Day and how much people spend eating into their savings every year just trying to make it through Christmas buying stuff for their kids. It, so It essentially yeah. goes back to our own depravity over commercialism and, you know, uh, style over substance or, yeah. you know, material goods. Yeah. And I, I don't know the history of Valentine's Day, but I mean, it's certainly commercialized. The interesting thing about Singles Day, it was born as a commercial holiday. The whole point yeah. is to spend too, which... There's a lot of people spending. And that's the other thing is like you look at something like Christmas and how that's morphed over the years from, you know, apparently Christ wasn't even born on Christmas Day. I found this out recently. I don't know. I'm getting way off off base here. But these things have basically all these dates have been hijacked by corporations and been and they're now being used to sell us products. So if you're going to buy, that's great. But just realize that you don't you're being, need to. You're being sold to for a very specific gain. Right. So. Yeah. What do you? We were debating this last year, Haley, on the radio show about the old Black Friday versus Boxing Day debate that we're having in Canada as Black Friday is becoming more prominent. Mm-hmm. And I think we did have one guest state, and this is based on research, that still Boxing Day is going to be edging out Black Friday, and it looks to do that for the foreseeable future. At least it's like one of those holidays that seems to be part of the Canadian identity at this point. But I mean, do you guys have any plans, though, to do any of this Boxing Week? You, you said you can't go brave the stores on Boxing <laughs> Day, Haley, but... I'm also too you, full from, like, turkey dinner. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe just yeah. uh, we, we've had a little bit of red wine the day before with yeah. our families, so we don't want to wake up early to... Or camp out. Camp never out. have, never will. Oh, yeah, no. I thought you meant like you spend uh, your your Christmases with your families in the mountains, like in no. tents or something like that. Well, I wouldn't like 
that either. No, no. But you mean that in front of the stores. I get you. I'm, I'm yeah. a little slow this morning. But That's okay. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I'm just curious about your take on like kind of this uh, boxing day as part of the national identity here in Canada. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, it is fascinating to see the rush of people spending money after Christmas or after they've already spent money looking for those sales and those deals. Um, and then you look at Black Friday. I don't know. I heard a new term recently about there's gray November. So just the whole month of November, people are starting or companies are starting to offer discounts and all that type of stuff. Like yeah. now pretty soon, Chris, the Christmas holiday shopping season is going to be 365 days, like for a couple of years, like every you know, February will be the start of the Christmas uh, shopping holiday season. So, yeah, I know for Boxing Week, like for anyone, and it has certainly become more popular in my adult life. If you get gift cards or anything like that for Christmas, oh, it's yeah, nice. You yeah, can yeah. then make your money go twice as far if you get some good sales. And I think, too, for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, it's not tied to a holiday here. So I feel very much you're sort of in sort of a spirit. You maybe have time off and makes sense to go and shop versus on a weekend where there's no national holiday here in Canada, you sort of have to remind yourself, that, oh, it's it's not just any other Friday. It happens to be Black Friday. Anyway. Yeah. Um, also, Grey November, that's essentially what we call Vancouver. <laughs> We've had that for, for decades. Yeah. Well, this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting assurance, business advisory, tax and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, if you want an accounting firm that'll be there to help you every step of the way, give Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors a call at 604-714-3600 at 604-714-3600, or else check them out on their website at manningelliott.ca. What else should we be uh, talking about with regards to business news here in Canada? Well, Lyft, the ride-hailing service from the States, is giving Uber a run for its money in Canada. It announced its international expansion to Toronto. This is the first city that Lyft will be operating in outside of the U.S. It expects to have drivers on the roads by the end of this year and maybe by mid-December, so around for the busy holiday season we were just talking about. And according to the company, they already have 50,000 app downloads. A lot of people really excited to have Another option for transportation in the GTA, still waiting to see when we might have this in Vancouver. I think it's looking like fall 2018, potentially. I I think we'll be waiting a long time to find a final answer on this. But uh, it is interesting because I think Toronto makes sense for Lyft if this is going to be their first international city that it goes out to. Why not do it close to their home base uh, here in North America? And why not go to what is, what, the uh, third or fourth largest city in North America as well? They're a huge market for them. So, yeah, I think it makes sense. I've got a good uh, Vancouver Uber story. I heard it uh, a couple days ago. A friend of a friend, uh, he had come up from the States, and I think he's from somewhere in the Midwest or something like that. And uh, he came to Vancouver got in a cab out of the airport because it was easy, got all the way down to his hotel and then was planning on taking an Uber to meet up with some friends at a sort of uh, sort of soiree gathering. And it wasn't literally until he got out of the hotel to try to book his Uber and call the Uber that he realized there was no Uber in Vancouver. We have had guests on our radio show at BIV who shall remain nameless, but came from Silicon Valley and asked to, you know, get an Uber 
outside yeah. of after leaving the studio, we had to say no. Vancouver actually is the only major North American city that does not have ride hailing. Yeah, it's it's fascinating that we are the outlier. You would think such a progressive city, you look at a place like Seattle, Uber Central, um, you know, San Francisco. I mean, you think somewhere on the Pacific Northwest, we'd be like way ahead of the curve, not behind the curve. I'll play devil's advocate, though, and, and point out that every city's had major issues with yeah. these ride hailing services, yeah. you know, so and Vancouver is clamped down on it. We've avoid, avoided these issues, but the fact of the matter is, is does anybody look at, you know, say Uber or Lyft and see, oh, that's just a passing fad? It seems as if, you know, these things are here to stay and we've just been really uh, slow on the draw when it comes to British Columbia's response to it. And it doesn't look as if it's picking up steam with the new provincial government either. No, the interesting thing here, um, Uber obviously operates around the world. This is the first international location for Lyft. And it's following in Uber's footsteps. Obviously, we'll have to maybe fight for some market share in cities like Toronto, where Uber is more established. But it was Uber who had to sort of take the brunt of any controversy, figure out the regulations. Lyft now gets to come in after all that sorted out and sort of be the the option that's maybe less controversial, but still has some name recognition too. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this, um, not plain favorites or anything like that, but I do have a friend and I want to go visit her in the United States. Uh, she's very insistent that we only use Lyft because mm. she's not a fan of the controversy surrounding Uber. So mm. if you look at my phone, I, I do have Lyft and I have the Uber app on there as well. Who knows when I'll need either one, but uh, certainly in Vancouver for a while. But look, I have used these services when I was I was in San Francisco last month and uh, used Uber a couple times there. Um, or no, I'm sorry. I, I used Lyft because I was there visiting my friend that I just mentioned. So um, <laughs> take that back. No, but the whole point is like the drivers you get, they drive for both Uber and for Lyft. So it's, right. you know, like it's going to be interesting to see when it comes and it's inevitably going to come to Vancouver, but how it starts impacting, say, the taxi industry here almost immediately. I, I think you make a really interesting point, Tyler. You talk about this not being a passing fad. I mean, it's pretty clear that Uber and Lyft and ride hailing apps are here to stay and they're going to become a part of the economy. Um, and I always think of sort of the idea of the supplemental income. Like when we were down, I was down in Coachella last year and we use Uber all the time. And a lot of our drivers were younger people. They were younger millennials. And I would always take the chance to chat up the driver. Even sometimes the driver didn't want to talk, which is odd because usually a cab driver will talk your ear off. Yeah. But they all had sort of similar stories is that they were sort of just out of high school just got their license, they had a car, they were working a job, but they were supplementing their income, driving for Uber, driving for Lyft. So you think of the millennials here in Vancouver and how unaffordable it is if you were to, say, open up a new economy to them, because I can't think of a lot of baby boomers. I remember talking to my dad about that, about he, you know, he was like, oh, I need something to do for a little bit. You know, I need some, some extra income in my retirement. And I was like, oh, why don't you be an Uber driver? And he's like, over my dead body, will mm. I do something like that? But, you know, well, we could... It, Uber is German for over, so he could have said Uber my dead body. Okay, very good point. <laughs> yeah. But that's another thing. Are we missing out on uh, helping our millennials have a little bit of a leg up in terms of the economic, their economic situation right now? Because 
that well, could really help a lot of them. I, I maybe I'll get I'll play devil's advocate once Again, more, right. but it is Uber helping these millennials because they just consider them to be you know contract employees, not, yeah. not even real employees. So they wouldn't have benefits, uh, so to speak. You know, so there, there's a lot of problems I think that is inherent with this gig economy where these people aren't developing you know like regular jobs and, and I think the flexibility and the convenience of being able to pick something up for you know hey hey I want to work an hour today sure I will, why not I will, I will say like Southern California is probably an interesting microcosm because Ubers and Lyft have been down there for a very long time and all the drivers that we met had other jobs. Yeah, they had yeah. full-time jobs. None of them were relying simply on Uber unless they were retired. There was one guy that picked us up that was retired, and he was basically doing it for fun because he lived in Palm Springs, which is close to Coachella, and he could make a killing for a couple of weeks. Yeah. But I think that's a very good point. Yeah. You know, yeah. So these, it's supplemental. Yeah, they, yeah. None of them were doing it as a job. They all had other jobs. And then basically if they had a day off or if they had shift work where they weren't going to do anything else, they would go for a couple hours and make a couple extra bucks. And I think that something like that could be good. So, yeah, because if you if it's not supplemental and you run into seeing a large segment of the population or a large percentage of the millennial population anywhere that's strictly doing contract work, you don't have necessarily the same rights as uh, an employee defined by the law would have, right? You mm. don't have benefits, you're incurring costs, even, you know, like certain rights about how you're treated, how long you work doesn't apply because that's the benefit to companies to having contract workers, right? But if it's supplemental, it's sort of a, a nice way to maybe help you get started in your career. I, I just wonder if all this is going to be a completely moot point in just a few years, though, because what Uber and Lyft ultimately want is no drivers at all. They want <laughs> driverless yeah. vehicles. They're already putting them on the road. Right. They're investing in the technology. So, unfortunately, look, we can have this debate about like whether it's going to be beneficial to young people, you know, a bit of a supplemental income here. But if they had their, if the companies had their druthers, then like five, 10 years from now, there would, there's not going to be any of this work. By the time we get Uber in Vancouver, we'll have driverless Ubers and we'll have completely missed <laughs> exactly. that boat. Completely yeah, those yeah. poor millennials, hey? That's, that's true. It's just getting nothing. Well, on that depressing note, uh, thank you, Patrick. <laughs> no we'll, worries, We'll guys. wrap yeah, up yeah. The, uh, the show now. <laughs> and uh, I, I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, Haley, if somebody wants to find your stories or follow you on social media, where should they go? Yep, go to BIV.com for more business news. And if you want to connect with me on social media, my handle is at Haley Wooden. And you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Reporton. That's R-E-P-O-R-T-O-N. And this podcast was brought to you by Manly Elliott, accountants and business advisors. You can listen to us. We are the Business in Vancouver podcast. <laughs>